0: Hi, it's The Wire, GamblersAdvisory.com, also BettingAngle.UX. Folks, it's the day after the day of reckoning, right? Life continues. Let's talk about the fights. Let's talk about boxing. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, folks, what I want people to do, and we're going to focus on the heavyweight division in this video, let me point out that there were some other spectacular performances. Dimitri Bivol was spectacular against former light heavyweight champion Lyndon Arthur, who has one of boxing's best jabs, but it's a stationary jab. He could not match the mobility of Dmitry Bivol or the speed of Dimitri Beevil, right? Jay Opetaya, folks, this is a Southpaw with an attitude. He was magnificent. Somebody needs to tell Opetaya, who just got a career payday, that there is more money in the heavyweight division, right? You just saw AJ against a slick Southpaw. Ask yourself the question, is Otto Wallen as fast as Jay opataya why is Opatia hanging around cruiserweight getting his jaw broken by Maris Bredis? If you're gonna get your jaw broken any place, shouldn't it be the heavyweight division? Right? I believe Opatia would be too fast for many at heavyweight. I believe Opatia has faster feet than Joseph Parker. Right, I'm just wondering if Obataya understands that this is the deepest heavyweight division of my life, of my conscious life at least. Right, folks, I was alive in the 70s. Look at the gray here. Right, from memory, I can throw out names like Fraser, Foreman, Norton, Ali, Holmes, Shavers, Quarry. I'm just telling you, The heavyweight division in the nineteen seventies didn't have as many names as the heavyweight division has right now. This was a tremendous card. Let me just name some of the guys who weren't even on the card, who are elite heavyweights today. Gilie Zhang, Martin Bacoli, Andy Ruiz, who arguably beats Joseph Parker in Parker's backyard, that's a location fight. The same fight in my neck of the woods, California, would have gone to Andy Ruiz. Andy tops it off by stopping, stopping. AJ, he's not on the card, right? You saw two American heavyweights on the card, both well over 30, right? Deontay Wilder and big baby, Jarrell Miller. What about the other big baby? Folks, he's in his prime, right? He's the American heavyweight under 30. Jared Anderson was not on the card, right? Let me just say two. Let's throw this out even further for hardcore boxing types who appreciate styles. You saw AJ. He seemed to have GPS on Otto Vollen's body. AJ looked magnificent. When's the last time AJ looked this good? To the AJ crowd, and you're plentiful. Tell us when AJ last looked this good in the comment section of this video, realizing that in some big AJ fights. The fight against Klitschko. AJ has to get off the canvas. The Dillian White fight. AJ has a tough first round. The Alexander Prevetkin fight. AJ has a few tough rounds in that one. The Kubrat-Pulev fight, A.J. starts magnificently. Pulev is semi-conscious, then is able to go several rounds. When is the last time A.J. looked this good? Right? I just need for people to understand that the heavyweight division has major depth right now. Major depth. Very tricky matchups. As good as this card was, and it was a great card, I need for people to realize that it's unclear at this point, and we aren't even naming Fury and Usyk. It's unclear at this point. If one man is going to stand up and completely unify the division. Right? Sooner or later, father time takes over. I believe the fact that Wilder, a contemporary, has now suffered a setback. I believe a fighter like Usyk, who, you got the feeling, wanted to unify his generation. I think Usyk now, if he beats, and he's a live underdog, as I see it, against the guy who recently got significantly tested, by a guy in his first boxing match, right? If Usyk, for argument's sake, and we're speculating here, if Usyk beats Tyson Fury, and there's a Fury side of the ledger, right? I need for people to understand that Emmanuel Stewart still casts a shadow over the heavyweight division, right? It's his protege, Hill, who's helping out Tyson Fury understand its another protege, Andy Lee. Let's lift the curtain of Emmanuel Stewart, who's helping out Joseph Parker. Parker, of course, just beat Deontay Wilder, right? But understand, if Usyk beats Tyson Fury, he no longer has the Deontay Wilder fight that he can turn to to say, okay, I'm about to leave the stage I see some young lions out there. I see some tricky older guys my age, perhaps a little bit older out there, right? Li Zhang, for example, Southpaw against Southpaw, right? You can imagine an Usyk saying, you know, I have kids, I have a family. Sooner or later, I'm going to have to leave the stage. The question is, am I going to get another opportunity to leave the stage at this height on my own? My decision. Right? And Usyk might not be in the sport much longer. Just food for thought. Sooner or later, these guys are going to necessarily leave big money on the table. Deontay Wilder in a post fight interview said, Hey, I'm going to continue. Right? But understand, Wilder's accustomed to a certain lifestyle. Marvin Hagler put it best. Right. After a while in boxing, when you hit a certain level of success, you start sleeping in silk under silk sheets is the way Hagler put it. Right. Deontay Wilder is sleeping under silk sheets right now. The question is going to be, does he want to continue if a promoter comes and says, hey, Wilder, here's the check we're offering you and it's not the big money check. Does he take it? If you're Anthony Joshua and you've just earned the right to fight for the IBF heavyweight title against the fighter, Philippe Ergovic, who I've been calling the heir apparent for more than a year. Go back through the videos here on YouTube, right? Do you pass up that opportunity for an incredibly dangerous one in fighting Deontay Wilder? I know Joshua in the post-fight interview said, hey, I'm still interested in fighting Deontay Wilder. Folks, let me just say, you get a shot at the IBF title, and I think that's a very tough fight. I believe A.J. could lose. I do believe A.J. beats Wilder, right? A.J.'s two-handed. A.J. could set up shop just like Parker did, over on Wilder's left side. But I do feel there's a real possibility that A.J. loses to Philippe Ergovic. In his next fight. My point to you, though, is the upside is unfettered. In other words, you beat Ergovic. Think about the door that opens for you. If you're the IBF champion, you are the natural person. To fight the winner of Fury Usyk, aren't you? Right? AJ would be back on top. Understand, too. One of the biggest fights in recent memory is the Zhili Zhang-Philippe Ergovic fight. You beat Ergovic, I'm just telling you, Zhili Zhang, at a time when more than 60 million people in China watched a pass fight of his, is a cash cow. Didn't Devin Haney just show us how to fill an arena in the Bay Area in California? Right, folks? You have major casinos. Right, the Venetian Macau, major casinos across the Pacific, that's a blockbuster fight. Who is Mr. Blockbuster right now in the heavyweight division? I would argue today, regardless of who owns the titles, it's Anthony Joshua. Joshua against Zhili Zhang, folks, that would challenge box office records, in my opinion. Right, so let's get where the heavyweight division is right now. Now, let's just talk about two fights here. What I want people to do, in fact, we'll briefly mention the third fight. What I want people to do here is to think about gambling on boxing. My point to you is how you structure the bet can be, often is, more important than picking the right side so on november 21st i made a video on a fight where i thought the bigger puncher was going to win the fight i thought deontay wilder was going to beat joseph parker by stoppage in part because i saw parker eat a lot of right hands against joe joyce another guy who was not on this fight card who's dangerous who remains dangerous right but in that video it's a members only video in that video i told viewers you need to take parker at a plus 450 simply to win the fight the idea of parker going off at plus 450 against any heavyweight wilder joshua uh, fury usyk is preposterous Parker is a former heavyweight champ. Parker has knockout power. Parker is ambidextrous. Parker has been in the ring with people like Andy Ruiz. Goes 12 rounds with Andy. AJ. Goes 12 rounds with AJ. That Joseph Parker fight against Joe Joyce, let's be clear here. Parker himself lands big shots on Joe Joyce back then and life changes. Back then, we thought Joe Joyce had an iron chin. This is before Xili Zhang showed us the limits of that chin. Right? When you see Joseph Parker and you see a plus 450, you need to get up out of your seat, you need to leave your cocktail at the sportsbook, and you need to say, I need to put at least some money on Joseph Parker at plus 450, whether it's a hedge whether it's the main part of the bet. Who cares whether it's a hedge or the main part of the bet? I just want to make sure that I'm in position to have a ticket that cashes big. If this happens, folks, the ticket cashed. You got a plus 450 on part of your Wilder play. For many of you, you made a profit on that. Tell us the bet you made in the comment section of this video and whether you got a profit. Understand, Parker, again, two-handed experience. Now, the fight went differently than I thought. Who knew? I thought Wilder, by the way, showed you that he's been working on his game. Who knew that Wilder would move more than Parker the first three rounds of the fight? Who knew that it would be Wilder circling Parker the first three rounds of the fight? Who figured that out? Understand, too. We're here celebrating a plus 450 hedge. The fight could well have been different. In about the seventh round, believe it or not, Wilder, who has ring coverage, right, he has a very wide radius that he can cover with a punch wilder sees parker a little bit asleep at the wheel over by the ropes and wilder throws and lands a right hand it just doesn't land completely flush had that punch landed flush we'd be talking about the wilder part of the play right just understand wilder lands a right hand in this fight it just doesn't close the fight because he's fighting a KG vet who of course has been able to take in the past AJ's punch who was able to take some Joe Joyce right hands right so just understand that November 21st video is still up if you took that advice in a fight I thought Parker was gonna lose you would have cashed a plus 450 on the Parker side of the aisle. Well, let's continue here. Let's talk about AJ. Folks, I thought AJ looked magnificent. You know what I like to say here. You don't wait on a boxer. I was shocked AJ took this fight. I thought AJ would have major problems. Volen of course, went the distance against Fury. Volen of course went the distance and beat Gassiev, right? Valen's a difficult southpaw. AJ seemed caught up in Usyk's feints. Another southpaw. He's looking at Usyk. He's unsure of himself. Usyk's fainting left hands. AJ froze, right? There's also some uncertainty and volatility in AJ, right? This is his fourth trainer in short order. Right, folks, he had Carl Frotch's trainer, McCracken. He leaves him, right, for Robert Garcia. Then, of course, we have Derek James. Then, of course, now we have Ben Davison, right? So when you look at A.J., you see a guy who wants to fight his style. He's not going to listen to even the biggest trainers in the sport. Now, he's incorporated parts of what he learned from the guys. Let's be clear here. It's the second Usyk fight that he has Garcia. You notice he's bending his knees more. He has his knees bent and he's fighting low, folks, against Otto Vallen. Right? I thought AJ lifted his defensive game against Robert Hellenius. Right? That was under the tutelage of Derek James. You notice AJ is more defensively conscious these days. Let me also say something, too. I'm going to name Boxing Royalty. If you haven't heard the name, please look him up. You have great fighters in the past. Archie Moore, they called him the Old Mongoose. He is royalty, he's one of the best in the history of the light heavyweight division. Understand, back then, we didn't have a cruiserweight division. He rose up, and he fought Rocky Marciano. This is one of the signature fights in Marciano's career. And Archie Moore, one of boxing's big punchers. Understand, he learned how to become a puncher. He wasn't that level of puncher when he started out. right? Archie Moore, this is late in his boxing career, fights Rocky Marciano, and drops the heavyweight champion, right? This would be like light heavyweight Michael Spinks dropping Larry Holmes. This would be like light heavyweight Roy Jones dropping John Ruiz. Folks, it didn't happen. It happened for Archie Moore. Of course, Marciano gets up. There's controversy. If you're an Archie Moore person, you believe the referee gives a glazed Marciano. Marciano's glazed like a donut. He, he doesn't know where he is. The referee by pulling on Marciano's gloves wakes Marciano up. Marciano would go on to get the stoppage, right? Archie Moore considered Marciano to be a great fighter. And Marciano would go on, more importantly, retire unbeaten later. Now understand the table is set here for AJ. I'm not sure if I've ever seen AJ look this good, right? AJ sets up shop, is throwing very hard punches. It's straight right hands. It's his dominant hand to Otto Wallen's body. Let me just tell you, you see the possibilities later in the fight. When AJ starts throwing that right hand up top, AJ is an explosive puncher. You can sense the power. You can sense the body attack taking the air out of Valen's lungs. And, of course, AJ has an excellent left hook. He tries it, but Valen's cagey. Valen doesn't let that left hook dictate his life. Valen knows how to lean backwards. But then you notice AJ also has a space-making left jab. Right? The same jab that he throws against Joseph Parker. Now, let me make a point here. This is how deep the heavyweight division is. I need for people to understand that McMudolph also has explosive power right down the middle toward a person's body, right? The same type of power that AJ showed in his fight. In a different video here, we'll talk about one of the fights of the night. McMurdov is fighting Kabayel. Ajit Kabayel remember the name. Right, Caballel has footwork here where Caballel figures out how to not be in the pocket to get hit in the body by hard shots from a puncher who's fighting low, right? Had A.J. been fighting Caballel, who wins that fight off body shots too, But Kabayel is throwing left hooks to the body. Right, folks? It's an open question on who would have won that fight. Kabayel, by the way, you were able to get at 6-1 odds. I was expecting McMutoff to win that fight, just to be straight up here. Made a video on it. Members only video. But, again, the idea of the underdog going off at 6-1... Kabayel, unbeaten fighter, more skilled than McMurdov. I said that in the pre-fight video, right? Kabayel showed you the skill gap, made the adjustments, like AJ, by the way, starts coming up top with the right hand. Again, remember the name, Ajit Kabayel, right? Well, just understand, AJ fighting Otto Valin was able to take away Valin's body Vollin's corner makes the right decision before their fighter got significantly beaten up. I thought AJ looked magnificent. Let me close this video by just pointing out that the next guy AJ is facing is one of the few who I believe has the capability to unify the division. Right, folks? Believe it or not, Philippe Ergovic was on the fight card, right? Philippe Ergovic destroyed his opponent. It was on par with J.O. Pataia's destruction, right? What I need for people to understand is if you're an Ergovic supporter, if you see the talent level, you realize that Ergovic moves extremely well. In other words, he's not going to have his body there in the pocket for A.J. to hit. Let me also say, too, that it's extremely hard to prepare for Ergovic because Ergovic throws his punches on a loop. Right? It's it's difficult. A.J. is a straight puncher. A.J. knows how to take you out with straight shots. It's a little bit harder if I see your shot coming and I have a hand up and your shot can hit me in the side of the head or might hit me in the chin, right? And you're accurate with it. Let's just say AJ's next fight, if it's against Ergovic for the IBF heavyweight title, is going to be must watch, right? That's going to be a fight between either, depending on how you see it, Right? A guy with you know, the capability, unbeaten fighter, with the capability to unify the division. Right, A guy who today would be a tough matchup for both Fury and Usyk. Or you see this as an Archie Moore situation. Understand, it took Archie forever. Black guy in the 50s took Archie forever to get a shot at the title. When he does, he takes a hold of and owns the light heavyweight division. Right, folks? AJ is accurate with power shots. He's two-handed. He's learning the sport in his 30s. Right? He made some mistakes in some fights. Who else is going to try to trade with Andy Ruiz in the pocket? Let's remember the sequence. He drops Andy. Andy gets off the canvas. AJ then thinks he has a hurt lion. Jumps in the pocket with Andy Ruiz. They start exchanging hand speed, and you realize Ruiz has the fastest hands in the heavyweight division. That's the part of Ruiz's game you want to stay away from, right? He's fighting Usyk. Undersized southpaw. This is after Usyk's fight against Derek Chisora, who is correct. Chisora says, I gave the division the blueprint on how to fight Usyk, right? Chisora welcomes Usyk to the heavyweight division by smothering him. By coming in the pocket, by being nonstop. But Usyk has great stamina. Chizora is a little bit older. Chizora's stamina wanes after six and a half rounds. Right here is AJ against a smaller fighter, a fighter who doesn't have his punch, but who has timing, who's savvy. And A.J. decides he's going to fall for Usyk's feints. Well, understand, this version of A.J. is different from that version of A.J. This could well be an Archie Moore situation, where A.J. has a punch, figures out how to use it, figures out that he can't wait on guys, figures out that he needs to be front foot, Starts looking at films of Archie Moore. Might even start figuring out Archie Moore's defense. Folks, it was advanced. right? Might start realizing that Archie Moore was in the corner of Big George Foreman. Might start realizing that Foreman, who trained with Sonny Liston, who had Archie Moore and another name, Sandy Sadler, in his corner, that these men might be men a slugger might want to study, right? Understand, Fury, back foot, Usyk, back foot. These are the guys bringing movement to the heavyweight division, right? Frank Sanchez, magnificent, on this fight card, beats Junior Fa, multiple knockdowns in the fight. He's a mover.